Hi everyone and a massive welcome to the Dedicate Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Ivey. If you're new here, I hope you enjoy. We delve into our guest challenges and learnings and sometimes their rock bottoms, as it's from here that greatness is born. We also learn about their successes and how they've got to where they are today. If you're a regular listener, thank you so much for your support. It means the world. Season 5 of the Dedicate podcast and Workout for Mental Health is proudly sponsored by Rabobank. Rabobank is a specialist savings and agribusiness bank. 100% of savings deposits are used to help fund New Zealand farmers and growers to produce delicious, nourishing food for us all. Thanks to their cooperative origins, Rabobank has a rich history of community engagement and now, thanks to Rabo Community Fund, they can make an even bigger impact in the communities where their clients live. Through Rabobank, you can be part of something truly productive. Let's grow a better New Zealand together. All right, let's get on with it. Today, I'm chatting to Claire Dunn. Claire is the founder and owner of the highly successful Australian rural women's magazine, Grazy Her, that she started when she was only 23. Today, she shares her business story, her experience so far with motherhood, and her plans to change up her routine and add in exercise. We hope you enjoy. Well, hi, Claire. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Kate. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, we have a bit of a, a what do you call it, a girl crush on Grazy Her. We um, are super pumped to be working with you guys. So we've been really pumped the last couple of weeks with all our stuff that we've done together. So thank you. No, thank you. I think it's been great to introduce the Grazy Her community if they haven't already come across Kate Ivy Fitness before. I think it's a great um, match for yeah. and a great business you've started. Yeah, it's a really perfect match and I look forward to more stuff ahead. But anyway, yeah, I'm really excited about this because you... You started your business at 23, but before we sort of delve into that, for those that don't know you, I thought, and I'm keen to know a bit more too, I thought maybe we'd even go back a bit further and like, where did you grow up? How did it all start? Where'd you grow up? (laughs) So I grew up in Australia, in Queensland, central Queensland, so uh, about two and a half hours inland from the coast on yeah. a cattle property, like a beef cattle property. Mm-hmm. Very different to over, I guess, the properties over here. So it was uh, 30,000 acres, so quite a big yeah. property, which is classic for that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of six siblings. We, wow. yeah, we were 40 or an, about an hour each way into the bus to mm-hmm. primary school each day. Oh, wow. And yes, yeah, quite a long trip. And then we went to boarding school in one of the local, the big centers about two hours away. Oh, yeah. so that's pretty handy. The two hour trip to boarding school. It's yeah. sort, of sort of a no brainer when you still have to travel an hour to get to primary school, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that worked out well. Um, and I used to go home every second weekend or as much as I wanted to on weekends. My parents would happily come and pick us up. So it was, wasn't too bad. Yeah. And two hours is pretty standard. I went to boarding school as well. We're an hour, hour and a half and it's pretty handy really, isn't it? And so is, yeah. how old were you when you went to boarding school? I think 12. You started, um, we start grade eight at 12. In so you didn't go in like so, yeah. primary school sort of age? Didn't go in primary school. No, no, no. State did the, um, the hour each way up till grade seven. Yes, mm-hmm. I've got, it's so long ago. It's not that long ago, but it feels like <laughs> sometimes it feels now. like yesterday. Sometimes it feels like a long time ago. Eh? 
Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, sorry, just a few more questions on that is um, I'm just picturing it all. So when, cause my kids are on the bus for nearly an hour and they only live 10 minutes. We only live 10 minutes from the small town oh because there's hardly anyone that lives our direction. So they have to uh, go yeah. like all the way around to the other part. Um, and so you were on the bus for an hour. So were there no other stops or? I guess our school was at the, when I went through, we were lucky enough to have two different bus runs. So one would go one way for the country kids, one would go my way. So for us driving, my parents driving, it was a 40 minute trip into the town Duringa. Mm -hmm. And then with us on the bus, an hour trip, because there were maybe six or seven other families that would pick up on the way. Yeah. Um, And so the other families, did they have big stations as well? Or were they on just maybe no, working all about or- all, no, all about all country kids yeah and no, it wasn't any it wasn't a, there wasn't a town um pickup or anything it's a very small town very small community during yeah. um so it was all other people on farms other kids on farms yeah along the awesome. way and then so after school what did you do I think it was come home and it was oh sorry I mean when oh, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not getting that detail. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, this is a lot. This, we're, we're going deep here. Yeah, you're like, Shivers is going to take hours. Like, what about what I had for Sorry. breakfast in 1992? Or... <laughs> I was born in 1992, so hopefully don't have to remember. <laughs> After high school, I went straight into university to a, essentially a graphic design uh, degree. It was called something else um, yeah. down in Brisbane. Cool. And I stayed for a year and a half, then decided to defer it. Um, then ended up back working at home for my parents on the cattle property, kind of just as a farm hand, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. And I did that uh, up until around 23, 24 when I started Crazy Her. You were only 23 when you started it. Yeah, it feels young looking yeah, back. Yeah, it's amazing. So how did the idea come about? Uh, university, I'd become interested in the concept of starting a, a business or something for yourself like that. Like I'd never mm-hmm. really we'd never really been um, introduced to that in high school. So I didn't even know that was a career option. And then I think leaving university because I was a bit uh, lost with what to do. I wasn't enjoying it um, and coming home to work on the property. I think there was a bit of a crossover there with um, also doing a little bit of freelance journalism writing. And the crossover was that I was coming across women in agriculture who worked on farms, who lived on farms, who had life, lives in these rural and regional areas. And I just felt no one was really telling their stories. And I Mm. guess it was that they weren't being seen. I didn't know that they were out there. So I think that's where the idea kind of came about. It's really cool because what I love about it is it's, it makes country cool as well. Like, and it makes us all feel seen and it brings everyone together through this, um, I guess, commonality that we live in a rural place. And there's a, you know, you showcase such a, a variety, like there's women working on farms or who have their own businesses or who are mothers, whatever it is, we're all, you know, it's a community to keep us connected. Mm, that's a really good way to put it, I think. And that's, that kind of sums it up. It's it's really meant to be about, yeah, not just featuring female um, farmers or partners of farmers, whoever you, they want to identify and stuff. It, it's mm-hmm. about showcasing the diversity in those um, rural and regional centres because people end up in the areas for all different types of reasons. So it's really to um, just capture the stories, share what's going on, show the younger generation if they're interested that there is a space there and what's it like and also to show people who don't live there 
what they get up to because yeah you can be we can be missing from other media sometimes yeah no totally really are and so do you think that's that's why Gracie has been so successful is that it was really filling a gap I think it was and I think looking back now social media again was a different slightly different space so to start Gracie her there weren't uh, a lot of other great like there are now there's so many fantastic communities now on social media and I think that's why we had a, a really big gravitational pull maybe we were um one of the first for that area especially in Queensland where a lot of our um the launch for Gracie her kind of started so I think that people did gravitate towards it because it was just happened to be one of the first and it was really missing mm, that that's so cool. for them yeah and I love the ins and outs of how it all started. So what was the first step? <laughs> the first step was, so this kind of came from having an interest in starting a business was I try, I spent six months building a community. Um, through Facebook? So, yeah, through Facebook, Instagram. Again, it was so different back then with the algorithms and stuff. Oh, it was so much um, easier, wasn't it? I've a lot got, easier to reach people. Yeah, like, I've yeah. got 31,000 followers on my, on my Facebook and I reckon I got two thirds of those in the first year of my business, which was six years ago. I, you know, I it was just like that as well. It's, it's yeah, a different time, different place now. Um, yeah. So yeah, we basically Facebook there, is yeah. completely trying to get every single cent we've got, and it's not going to give us anything for free. Whereas <laughs> I think it was still sort of establishing itself as the the thing, you yeah. know. And it took a while for even adverts to come on Facebook, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. And now I guess they're much more a part of the space and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, totally different time and place. So again, maybe I got lucky, but they're um it's yeah. not luck. You have to be in the right place too. <laughs> you know, you have to put yourself there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um so sorry, you spent six months building this community on Facebook. And was that like photos of other women? Yeah, we're sharing really yeah, pretty much really short question and answer type interview just with cool. women I'd come across in the space and then I'd usually ask them to introduce me to other people because as well I also didn't know that I didn't have a great network from just from mm-hmm. going to university to working at home I was probably missing missing those um workplace connections as well so it was yeah. really that really sense of women helping women as well in the first um and I yeah. guess you wanted to be seen and acknowledged I guess for what you were doing like in a way you know you yeah, were no, on a farm was, and was, you wanted yeah, to see yourself represented was, yeah, validation, definitely, mm. that was where it was coming from. Um, but, yeah, definitely, especially as a young woman when I guess, yeah, you are entering a space just because I was at that time thinking of having a career as being a farmer, so to speak, that it was important to see other people doing it mm. as well and exp- asking what it was like for them um, just because, it, yeah, I guess I hadn't come across them. So that's, yeah, it all kind of ties and, into and that. And there's so many more women having careers in farming not just in agriculture but as farmers yeah. now like in their who are in their early to mid-20s or so than my age group so I'm 37 like I just blown away by the difference yeah and I think again that's come from I guess people even yeah again even with me I mean I'm 30 and I look at the younger generation as well mm. it's great to see people more and more um being uh yeah into that thing and I think um I'm just thinking I've talked to older women than me and they say that for them it was even harder I guess mm. so it was interesting talking I guess there's always been women in farming and women on farms as partners and as business partners as well because farms are mostly business yeah. so it's nice to start to see them being recognized 
Yeah, and I think that's just because the world's getting better and women are much more dominant force in the world now. We're not pushed to the side like we used to be the same. And you see females builders, females playing rugby and all that type of stuff that you didn't before. Actually, I haven't really seen many female builders, if I'm honest. But, um, you know, um, women can do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't the same message they got years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I think it's definitely getting hopefully easier for everyone. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So six months in, you're sharing the community and you've obviously got this graphic design background. Mm. Yeah, so then um came up with the idea to launch the magazine and had absolutely no idea how to create a magazine. I hadn't had a career in journalism or media. So really kind of just... I guess I pre-launched the idea to, I had had people signing up for a newsletter Mm -hmm. along the way. And I think we only had like 400 um, people on the newsletter, but I decided that I'd test the idea to see if there was interest. So we, I launched the idea of the magazine as a pre-order to say like, we're making, I'm making a magazine. Ah. If you want to purchase a single issue or a subscription, pre-order it now. So they even handed over the money. Yeah, and yeah. I think that was kind of it. I thought like either people will, um, it will either fail or it won't. That was mm. really what it came down to. And I was okay with it failing. That's not a big idea. Mm. That's not a big thing. Um, yeah, and then I guess um, there was enough interest in it. Wow, so that, how many did you get on pre-order? I can't uh, I can't remember, but I think it was enough to cover the first print run, which might have only been about eight to $10,000. So that's a lot, like I guess to help kickstart. Yeah, to have um, that like, confidence was to go forward. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. It kind of gave me enough sense that there was interest in the idea and that to continue with it. Yeah. That's so cool. And then where did it go from there? So you launched launched your first one? Yeah, so it had to go straight into actually pulling together a magazine, which was so much more difficult than I yeah. realised. Um, I think I was very naive, still naive when I jump into things, I think. But oh, we all are. So it's, it's the only way to achieve, I think. Possibly. Yeah. And so... Did you have, did you get lots of advertising for that first one or did you just create the magazine to start with? I did. I got, well, not a lot, but I had more interest than I thought. And the prices were very, very low back then because we had, we didn't have a very big print run, but I think we had a handful of advertisers. I can't remember how many, Um, but yeah, so the support, I think from everyone that, that was, yeah, I guess really helped kick the, kick the idea off and probably, um, Help me think that there was interest in it. Yeah. Mm. Sorry if I'm being nosy, but I just love thinking about businesses. So, so you make money on the subscriptions that people pay for, as well as the advertising. So it's a great business model. Yeah. So advertising revenue and subscribers and selling through our news agents, so our stockists. Yeah. Yeah, and then also now um, you've got your social media and your newsletters and stuff like that that you're getting revenue yeah. from, which is great. Obviously, print is getting less common. Has mm-hmm. that been a challenge for you guys? I mean, you've increased yours. Yeah, it hasn't really. I think there's still been a space for niche print. I think yeah. some of the mainstream titles they have closed, I think probably competition for them, it has just been too much with the digital spaces mm-hmm. being really um, strong spaces. I think for us as a niche print magazine where it's okay niche print is doing okay mm. so we're doing really well like um like we've just we're about to start publishing bi-monthly so yeah, six times a year cool. instead of four so yeah I think and which will just be we'll just see how that goes but I mm-hmm. we're hoping it's 
successful enough. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely still think there's space for print magazines, especially for people who love print. Yeah, especially because it's it's nice to turn off from the digital world sometimes. It really is. You need, yes, and especially if you're on holiday or right before bed. And I, you know, for me, I spend so much time on the computer. Mm. So I don't want to be reading magazines online. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's a there's definitely still a space for them. For and the it's print, just not yeah. the same, like especially if you know a magazine's beautiful. It's just not the same online, is it? Flicking through pages online than it is flicking through the real. Yeah, vision. I think you've got to be in different moods for reading journalism online to reading yeah. it. Um, to sitting down, it's like, I think it's also I guess with online, it's so easy to flick, flick, flick through stuff, but mm. sitting down with a magazine, you are kind of um you can't really look at your phone and read a magazine at the same time if you're doing it. So is that a bit yes. of a And you're more likely to read things that you wouldn't, like your attention yeah. span is completely different when you're on your phone compared to when you're reading a magazine. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And so what have been the biggest challenges? Uh, I think um, as someone who didn't know how to publish a magazine, that's been a massive learning curve. And I think it's taken years and years and years to probably get, across it all um very happy now that we have an amazing team working for crazy hair um how many staff do you have so we've got i've got five uh kind of on team crazy hair five to six in different capacities of Mm -hmm. either full-time part-time um and then we've got a lot of uh regular freelancers that i would call part of the crazy family yeah yeah and is that do you find it hard managing everyone? Like for me, I found it such a big jump going from just being myself to then having a team. Yeah, I'm really bad at it because I think as a business owner, I guess I'm in the business, like I know all the ins and outs and I'm not the best at um, handing over stuff. And mm-hmm. I also feel that I can be the bottleneck sometimes, whether it's trying to take on too much and saying, well, I'll do mm-hmm. it, I'll help mm-hmm. you instead of helping other people to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard managing. It's um really love it because I love my team. I think they're just the most amazing group. So lucky to have them that they found me. I agree. It is it is challenging. What I find challenging too is is you're kind of involved in something. So you have to look, you have to approve something, for example, but you can't just look at it quickly to approve. You have to get your mind deep into what it's all about and understand. The little details and sometimes you think of things that need to go in something as you're doing it so then if you're just looking at the finished product you've got to kind of backtrack I don't know it's it's it's, it's hard to explain but then I find myself so much time being spent um doing that and then you've still got your big long list of things that you need to do as well and I find that that yeah. hard sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I'm definitely trying to be better at stepping out of the way let my team do the amazing jobs that they have kind of been placed yeah. for because they're so good at it. And on reflection of that, like I took, um, I kind of took some time off for of maternity leave. And I think, uh, I think that we did like the best revenue that we had done so far for that season. So I think that says without a lot. Without you, without yeah, you I, think, yeah. I think that says a lot. Like that's- yeah. yeah. I need to do that too. And my staff, my girls are just absolutely amazing as well. Um, but yeah, it's always just reflecting on, how time's best used and how you can work best as a team. And like you, we're remote. I was going to say remote is another thing. Like yeah. I've actually got, because of the pandemic, I actually still haven't met several of my team members. Yeah. 
Actually, maybe only one or two. I, I managed to meet a few just before and I've met a few in the past. So it, it, that's to me still crazy that I'm going on nearly two years of working with a couple mm. and we have, just haven't been able to meet yet. We're planning a catch up for later in the year, a big crazy her yeah. Christmas party. But Oh, yeah. wow, that'll be fun. Yeah, hopefully um, we'll pull that off. Yeah, it's the same for us um, in New Zealand and Australia. And But I feel like I'm so used to Zoom now that I feel like I know people even if I've never met them actually and yeah yeah oh yeah definitely it's it's that's been another blessing I guess that everyone has the world has been on zoom so it's it's more of a standard practice like I've I've always run crazy hair remotely since starting it so we've always mm. had those relationships with the team members um mm. yeah yeah okay and so what would you say the biggest um achievements have been gosh I think <laughs> I don't know I guess I guess getting to the space where I could hire a team to kind of take Gracie yeah. to the next level, which I feel that I did get to the space that I had exhausted my expertise. So I think that has been great for me to be able to bring on people who are experts in their area awesome. um, to help Gracie her. And I think it's creating the community. I still really am um, very passionate about how lovely the Gracie her community is very supportive. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think that's another kind of achievement I guess that oh, we, gosh, we yeah. are telling the stories of these women and putting mm. them in print in recording them for future and to have that there so I think that's a bit special yeah it's super special um and then you're, you're talking about not having met your team because of the pandemic so for some that are listening they may not realize that you actually now live in New Zealand <laughs> a big plot twist I do. I I I moved over the ditch. I do. I'm living in New Zealand, and on so the North Island. So how the hell did that happen? <laughs> so I met my partner Thomas. We met over in Canada when I was. It was before 23. It must have been 20. Who knows? 21. I think I was. Um, I went there for six months for a. Oh, so uh, before you started Grazier, Grazier. Yeah, here. yeah. I had um, I had yeah. Thomas and I had, were already dating when yeah. we started. I started Crazy Her. Um, how, sorry, how old are you now or how long ago did you start the business? <laughs> About to turn 30. Nice. Sorry, 30 yeah. in like a week or so. So yeah, yeah, like seven years ago. And yeah. we met when we were 21. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. In Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And were you working, sorry, where were you working in Canada? Uh, so working in Canada, we were working in different states. I was working in Ontario. He was working in, um, gosh, Alberta, I think. And they're kind of on other sides of the country. Yeah. And we met at the Calgary Stampede kind of. As, um, <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. There was a whole other group of um, people our age also working on farms who organised it. Yeah. Uh, the catch up at the Calgary. So we met there, hung out for three days. He he moved back. To, he went back to New Zealand a few weeks later for their calving season. Yeah. In August. Um, yeah. And I stayed on for another six months or so so we just kept in touch and then I think when I got back to Australia um we decided to catch up so I came and visited him for three weeks yeah um, yeah which was kind of a bit weird just coming yeah. out for three weeks that you've only been talking to yeah how cool and then what obviously so we went long, well <laughs> I went well <laughs> enough to to stick with long distance I think we did long distance for years like four years I can't really remember wow. um in that time like I would come and visit for like three weeks at a time, especially when mm -hmm. I started grazing her, I could work. It was very flexible when I was still mm -hmm. working on the property. It was a bit more difficult. Um, and I did work over here for a few uh, things like at a flower farm for a few months. Um, yeah. 
on Tom's family farm. So where were you based in Australia at this time? I was still on the family property uh, up near central Queensland. Yeah. Oh, so it was Hampton. so it was a bit of a mission. What where would you go to Brisbane and then fly yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, three flights over. Yeah, because where is he? Hours. Sorry, Taranaki. Taranaki. Yeah. Taranaki. Yes, on a yeah. farm outside. Yeah. So and it's, I mean, is it, it a dairy it's farm? Only, it's a dairy farm, but it's only half an hour from the New Plymouth Airport. So that wasn't. We did get lucky. Oh, like good. We could have been, we could have been more remote, like two hours from the airport or something. Yeah, yeah. or like, yeah, live where I live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, when did you make the decision? Was it always going to be, if you're going to be together long-term, you would move to New, New Zealand or could have you enticed him to Aussie? Or I'm still enticing him to Australia. <laughs> I think that's a work in progress. Um, I, I get, yeah, it did. We got to the stage. We had lots and lots of discussions. It got to the stage I guess of either break up or me move over. Not that that was an ultimatum. I don't want to sound like that was an ultimatum, but it kind of was, I guess, my work was a lot more flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did decide to move and we were just, yeah, we did like kind of just see how it would go. We said we'd monitor it. Um, I think I moved 2018, but I did used to fly back very regular with work. So about every six to eight weeks, I'd be back over in Australia for two or three weeks. Yeah. And what sort of stuff do you need to do when you come back? Like what are the downfalls of being in New Zealand when your business is in Australia? It was still back then I was still um, very much involved in the actual like uh, sending out or helping who we had on pack the magazines, like helping not pack the magazines but organise a lot of that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, There was also we were doing a lot more events I think not yeah. events but I would go and speak as crazy her at an event or something like that yeah. it's that networking which is also marketing kind of and, yeah, yeah. No, it, and it is all connected yeah mm. um and then I think we got to the pandemic in 2020 and that'll stop that that kind of helped me put down more roots in yeah crazy, uh, New Zealand as well which yeah. was good because I did feel that yeah, that traveling back and forth. I hadn't really settled into New Zealand. Yes, it makes you actually meet people in New Zealand more. And actually, I've got to find friends that live near me. And yeah, 100%. Yeah. So that's actually been, that was helpful in really starting to have like that sense of place mm. for New Zealand, which has been nice. Yeah. Nice. And how many subscribers do you have? Oh gosh, I can't remember. See, that, that, well, that's another thing that, that forced me, the pandemic, to put on someone to, um, kind of take over that subscriber base more and that type of thing I'm not across the numbers but yeah we increased over the pandemic which is great I think people awesome. were sitting at home reading more magazines yeah great and people were definitely sitting at home shopping so yeah I was definitely <laughs> doing that so <laughs> yay you know it was something to look forward to there's a package yeah right <laughs> what do you think have been the biggest challenges of you know, being in New Zealand? Personal-wise, it's moving from my support network, especially mm-hmm. having had our, ba- our first baby Yeah. Um, in 20, when was it, 2021, I think we had Yeah. Him. So that was a massive thing, not having my other mum friends around, family around, siblings. Um, and also starting again, I guess, making making friends. It's, it's quite hard to make friends as an adult. It really is. It is when, so much yeah. harder. It just happens one night out on the piss at uni. You know, you just get drunk and you've got a <laughs> Very new friend. Easy. Exactly. <laughs> well, and that, that, is, that has been a big thing, moving to a place where um, no one really knows who you are. So you're at the uh, grocery store, there's no one to recognise you and that. So you, I did lose that for a few years until I've slowly started to 
um, make those friendships and, and have that base. Um, and I think you probably from talking to other people about two years kind of is around that time that you've kind of managed to, you've had time to make those connections. So it probably has been. Yeah. And do the business world know that you're here? Like, do you still, do you speak at events and functions and stuff here? No, I've never, I haven't delved into that in um, New Zealand. Um, I'm not sure why it might've been because I was off in traveling back to Australia so frequently, then the pandemic hit. Mm. And then, um, and then I went on maternity leave like mid 2021. Yeah. I've kind of been AWOL from that. So how did you adjust to life with a little one? What were your experiences? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big question. I know. I'm like, <laughs> do you have the time? Yeah, where do I start? <laughs> yeah, look, it was a lot. It was yeah. a lot. And I think there's a lot of things like I thought I'd be back um, in under four months kind of working full time for some mm-hmm. reason. I think a lot of the other women I work with have had kids and I think they were much more like, that probably might not happen. Claire. Yeah. So take take they were they were more take more time, take more time, which I did end up needing. Um so massive learning curve, lots of highs, lots of lows. Mm-hmm. And I found like the first few months for me personally, everyone's different. But that was for me the easiest time for work to work because I slept so much. But it's when they're, you know, eight months to 18 months, how are you supposed to get stuff done then? They had, yeah. you know, they sleep here and there. They're demanding yeah. the entire time. <laughs> I found, I guess the first four months, he didn't really sleep. He was one of those babies that slept for oh, half an hour at a time. No. So, okay. and then I was trying to do work in that half an hour. So I wasn't having mm. downtime. So I think I did that for a few weeks, probably collapsed in like a, yeah. like a softness and was like, this isn't working. Um, you can't do anything without sleep. Like it's just everything, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I understand now like the whole, that you sleep, deprivation as a form of torture like it yes. actually you hit oh. you hit like a new place you didn't know you could go yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that you really reach for your reserves in that time but yeah yeah I, I think looking back I would do things differently like I'd probably try to switch off work completely for um a good six seven months like I was still working even if mm. it was only like 10 hours a week it was mm. probably too much just yeah with, not having support as well, not having my yeah. support at work. But isn't it awesome that because you started your business at such a young age that you've got it to where you are now? So when you do, if you do have another one, you'll be in that position to be able to take all that time off and let your team do their thing. I think I think that 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 might work in my favour pending. I mean, who knows what the future holds, but I would like to, yeah, if we do have another child, that, that I, I think I would try to step back a bit more. Yeah, and yeah. let the team, exactly how you said it. Yeah. <laughs> so how old is your son now he's one and a little bit a few months yep, oh, yeah a few months yep. yeah so it's the age where you can't really go out for a coffee or anything like that <laughs> just so Depend. raw around yeah exactly yeah but he's still very much yeah like um like you do active. go out for coffees but you know and you get home and partner or hubby's like oh do you have a nice time it's like mm, I guess you could call it that <laughs> exactly I know there's a lot of running around after him at the moment yeah very active yeah Cool. And so what have been, what has been the most challenging for you about that? This lack of sleep? What else? Lack of sleep, that's a big one. That tied in with business. Adjusting, probably more adjusting my time mm-hmm. with having a son now, I think. And my partner talk about, we do talk about this often, that I'm probably adjusting my time more compromising mm-hmm. for our son. Um, that's something that's been... Uh, 
yeah, like we're still not at a perfect place. Like of sharing that, I yeah. guess, Tom, as a farmer, he's still working his usual hours. I'm probably trying to fit a 40-hour work week into 20 hours of daycare. Yeah. And I'm the same now with my kids who are older, you know. Yeah. I'm the one doing most of the pickups and all the extra stuff. So, yeah, my work is crammed into the school hours. Yeah, exactly. Or then I'm fine if I'm finding it that I'm having to work after like our son's in bed at night for an hour or two and all that type of thing, which I don't like to do. I think that can, for me can be a slippery slope. And mm. if I'm doing that, then I find I'm working on weekends. I get very burnt out and then mm. the wheels do fall off. So I, I guess I'm trying to, yeah. So that's kind of thing that juggle the balance or those mm. words, which is. Yeah. When you work it out, let me know, because <laughs> I feel like if you want to have a business and be a mother and I'm in the same boat as you, there's actually no other way. You have to basically be, be pushing your limits. Mm, it's a lot yeah um, I think what you said before maybe it is and I don't even know if it is true for me but maybe I am at the stage where I am able to step back a little bit more in the business so that's very yeah that's amazing and lucky but it's still not still not perfect like it's still lots of no and it's yeah. still your baby and no one else even though a team are amazing like you are the one like we're saying that know all the intricacies and you know, you're the one that. Yeah, no, there's yeah. a lot of um. As the as the main driver, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and also, I do feel a sense of responsibility that I, it, I, I want. I guess I want the business to succeed and be able mm. to support the team and that type of thing as well. So it's also, you, I don't think I don't know if you can step away fully ever. Um, well, not not back. for it to its to, for it to do its best, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and I don't know if you experience this too, but if my I feel bad if I'm not working super hard, like even though I've got other people doing it too. Yeah, yeah. I do. I think I do. And I think um, even with like getting back, like um, with, which is actually something, I know you've just started a another eight-week fitness yeah. class, isn't it? I know you, the Grazy Her team, some of them might be joining in. And yeah, I they are. I think I might be, we'll see. But awesome. that's something I've found for myself because my work hours, because I found it hard to exercise with Flynn being around, I've only just started taking time out in work, like deciding that to prioritise that type of thing. So I've started like a local Pilates class once a week as well. Yeah. So that thing of feeling guilt, if you're not working in mm. work hours, like mm. I struggle with that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's really getting to that place of just realising that, with exercise and some sort of downtime. So I started playing golf last year and I'm back into playing basketball and obviously doing my exercise is realizing you have to do it for both your family and for your business because you can't keep, you know, pouring from an empty cup, which is an overuse saying, but it is. It is, is. No, it is, it is it's, it's so true. I think that, and that it probably took me a year of having, yeah, like a Flynn around um, the juggle of work and, and yeah, diving into parenting like that first mm. year, that was really, really full on. So I think it's now we're only just kind of, I'm start, starting to make sure I'm carving out the time. Mm. I, I read it the other day. It's also good to um, set time aside, like an appointment for something like fitness, because that's something. Oh, definitely. definitely like, you have to, it has to be in the diary when it's happening. It is. It's, Otherwise, it's putting, I have been putting it in. Yeah. That it's yeah. such a good 
little trick that yeah yeah it really is um I did my exercise this morning quarter past five because I knew it would be so much easier to get it done then actually I don't like exercising then I'd rather be doing my emails then but I just knew that if I didn't do it then Mm. then I'd just end up filling the time with other things Mm, I'm trying to exercise that scheduling muscle something like that because I'm really bad at um I'm not a morning person, so I find it hard to get up and going. But I do like the thought of getting up early before Flynn wakes up, say. Do you know what? It is game changing. It's changed my life. And those who (laughs) listen to this podcast are like, oh, here she goes. She's talking about that again. But it really has changed my life. And just having that time, that's only you. No partner or husband either. And you can do whatever you want with it. I know some women who listen to a podcast even or read books at that time before the kids are up. I underestimated how amazing that time would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when my alarm goes off at quarter past five, have I said that? I'm just, I, I think it's so early. That's why I keep saying it. I that's actually good. leap out of bed because I'm so excited. But if I've thought, right, actually, you need a bit more sleep, which I have done probably four or five times over the last few weeks or so, but I hadn't done it at all while I was creating the routine. Um, when my alarm goes off at six thirty, I do not want to get out of bed. Mm. But it's yeah. that five fifteen. It's oh yeah, I've, I'm like yes, it's my time. It's my favorite part of the day. It's yeah, yeah it's I um, it's crazy. Yeah, I think there's a lot about um routines, and I'm finding that I've never really had a routine before. But now I'm with Flynn as well. We're in a really good routine um mm. with work and he's going to daycare um awesome. some other stuff we do on weekends so I'm hoping to kind of start to work that back something like that I mean 5 15 that sounds so scary that's a yeah. scary morning wake up but Camille was out running at like did you see at like four something see that's I talk about sleep deprivation I'm like maybe I just need to go to bed earlier to be able yes to wake up. she goes <laughs> yeah. to bed at 7 30 um oh my <laughs> <laughs> she's amazing I, yeah. I think that's the other thing it is self-sabotage I seem to um yes. because, because again like I, I work sometimes I work after Flynn goes to bed and then I still want to fit in something for me whether it's like yeah totally get on top of something else hmm. so I, I find I stuff later um so it can just it all just cascades like that if you're it does careful. and then you and you can't get up early I used to do the nighttime work um up until this year but I was just getting so over just getting to the end of the day and knowing I still had so much to do. Mm, it's a lot, you know, especially when most other people are kicking back, having some time to relax. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It is and hard. I don't think, yeah, it's, that's, I guess as a business owner, it's maybe there's a bit, I feel there's a bit more pressure to get the work done, but I think I've always noticed it doesn't work out in the long run. Like that, mm. that does really burn me out. So I'm like what we're saying before about having that time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to relook at the routine look at the mornings because I, I do if I can get up I love to work say on emails as you said mm. um but it would be good to yeah there's something so stressful I just find it awful because like I didn't I've got so many emails still to get to that you know I'm sort of a bit behind in my emails the last couple of weeks and it's an awful feeling like you feel like you're losing control or something mm, the inbox yeah it can yeah. be that over just but it's like just constant like they're coming in quicker that sometimes than you can um, <laughs> reply. But know, half yeah. of those are shoe shop. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
I, 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 I try to make it a rule not to have them on my work email. Otherwise it's, it's, a, it's a good dangerous idea. territory. It's, it's a dangerous good idea. territory. Yeah. yeah. I don't tend to open many of them, but yeah, you're right. You're right. And it makes it look <laughs> a lot fuller than it actually is too. So more stressful <laughs> than it is. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's so good. At, um, you know, it's so interesting what you're saying about routines. Um, and this is my chance to plug some exercise in there. It is amazing the impact it does have and how it does actually save you time. So you can think, I don't have 20 or 30 minutes to do a workout. Um, but you then do it and then you realize that all those things that you were stressing about aren't so bad. You'll get to them or they mm. can wait. It's just such a good tool. Mm. I think it's right. I think that's, I am, and I, I hope people are listening don't think we've planned this at all because it hasn't been, but I think, and oh, no. it really, I, I really have been, yeah, thinking so much about, yeah, having that 15, 30 minutes in the morning. Mm. I like the thought of getting it over and done with as well, like the yeah. whole frog analogy. I don't know if you've heard that before. Like you get up and you do the hardest thing in the morning. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you almost forget like my workout I did I crammed two in this morning because I've got a girls weekend this weekend and um <laughs> not because I feel like I have to make it up but I want to fit my workouts into a shorter space of time but you actually forget that you've done it mm, that's like, good. Yeah, okay yeah it feels like years ago like it's like a dream almost I was half out of it because it was so early but still yeah, I, I, it's done a dream workout that that sounds like yeah. a working out I reckon that yeah that's perfect for you I think we'll see yeah no I am I'm, I'm I, I, I haven't bit the bullet yet but it's definitely something I'm looking at awesome very awesome. soon of adding to the routine yeah great great what are the what sort of tips do you have for um anyone wanting to start a business um gosh I mean I think I think I want to say go for it because it is very rewarding, mm. um, extremely hard as well. But I think I think there's more and more women, I guess, especially women who are starting businesses, especially because there is, I find there's flexibility, which I like, flexi- yeah. some flexibility, mm-hmm. even though I know that there is a lot of work. I think starting a business newsletter is a really powerful, like a newsletter mm-hmm. database. That's one of the, I've heard that other people I follow, like, um, like Mama Mia, Mia Friedman, their business kind of, stream lady started she says often I think it's really true that social media it can be I guess we can't really control what happens with it if like say Instagram changes the algorithm but Mm -hmm. your newsletter subscriber list that's something that's quite strong because people have chosen to subscribe yeah um to it so that's something that's really important I mean I I only ever subscribe to things that I really love and Mm. love getting into my I don't really want to be spammed or anything so if you're getting people sign up to that, then that's a really good start. And so what are your tips for getting people to actually sign up to it? <laughs> I think then that is kind of where Instagram and social media comes in. It's creating a community, mm. I think. So deciding on what it is you're passionate about, whether it's like a little side hustle idea, starting to build a community around it, whether mm-hmm. that's um, it's just starting conversations and posting about it or starting conversations with like-minded people um and I guess with the newsletter it's delivering that really good content maybe it's like small interviews and Mm -hmm. that type of thing depending on what it is they're looking to start yeah you want them you want to actually give them information so that they want to open it yeah Um, yeah I'm probably thinking of this more of like a media content um lens Mm -hmm. but there's obviously so many different types of 
businesses. Yeah. What I love about what you do is it shows that you can create a community for any sort of business. A fitness Mm. community is a really common one, obviously, but they're not, there aren't many magazine communities, but yet you've created one. So I guess that is really inspiring that it doesn't matter whether you're selling purses or coats or I don't know, a box of goodies. What I don't know, I can't even think of that. <laughs> but, um, you know, you can create a community around it, can't you? I, th- I think so. And that's the thing with Instagram, like people follow your account because they're interested in the content. So that, I mean, Instagram is, is obviously heavily content created. So I think there is, I think that's a good space to start just to test to see if there is interest around the business and that type of thing. Um, another thing is don't be afraid to fail, like mm. fail fast, like get the idea up, test it to see if people are interested and then decide whether it's worth putting all, like a lot of time into and that type of thing. Like I did start, tried to start several other businesses before Grazy Hair, all oh, very interesting. Small. Yeah, wow. but I, I think I just felt they were, and they were all really random ideas. I felt mm-hmm. that they weren't interested in them so, so what what were they what were they really so this was like again with looking like between seven and ten years ago really weird things like um I wonder in sugar-free chocolate because I think oh, yeah like um a sugar-free lifestyle was very popular back then yeah um that type of thing muesli I looked into muesli t-shirts with farm slogans on them like mm-hmm. kiss me I'm a farmer that type of thing yeah yeah I uh, like really quirky little cute like washable tattoos like and stuff like that yeah, so yeah. lots of really random ideas and I think I did go down that avenue of starting a community seeing if there was interest and then just moving on if there wasn't hmm. I feel like there's a few of those things that would have done well if you had really sunk your teeth in and learned as you went and adjusted and changed depending on what people loved and what they didn't I think Whereas, my passion wasn't there as well I think yeah. maybe the time like for crazy hair it was this great crossover that I was living the experience Mm. as well so super passionate about it and then what about advice for mums to be or new mums (laughs) god God, that's how I feel don't do it don't do it (laughs) (laughs) a little bit (laughs) no I think oh gosh I think it's like I mean it's a lot but I think it's definitely all the cliche things like it's worth it and everything but it's a really I found the first year really full-on you're just learning so much Mm. um there's a lot of knowledge from everything from sleeping to eating thinking about advice um take any help if there's help or don't yeah I think I'm really bad at asking for help so Mm -hmm. like I've got a beautiful mother-in-law who lives across the road but I probably held back from asking for help when I needed it just to not be a bother yeah well the mother-in-law relationship one's a hard one though isn't it because you don't know where the line is kind of you don't yeah, want to well, so you're too depends. scared of crossing it that you don't um, yeah I think it I, yeah. it can be I think it depends on the relationship definitely um but I know looking back if I'd asked more it would have been very um happy to help even there were some friends around who did offer help like they would say look I will just come around and watch the baby if you want to have mm-hmm. a shower and I think I probably was that um more of a martyr and like oh, I'm okay I'll be okay yes. so that yeah. type of thing taking help pushing on with that mm. I would say it like let people do the things yeah and the thing is about that because I totally agree and probably even still now you know like it's something we probably do our whole lives you know in each different stage is um realizing that people actually get a lot of satisfaction out of helping oh yeah that's a good way to put it that's yeah yeah I yeah I like that yeah I think there's a lot in there yeah 
a friend offers to come and help, they genuinely want to help and they'll be stoked if they can get to do it. And the flip side means that um, then they won't hesitate to ask you for help either. Mm. I think that's a good way, yeah, to mm. look at it. Um, also for someone who, like such as myself, who has moved to a community where you don't know a lot of people, like it's if you can, it probably is worth joining something like a space or a local mum's group this one even though it can be a bit scary going to Mm. these things where you don't know people but it is nice going through it with other people who are going through parenting at the same time yeah yeah and you will have some uncomfortable group you know times at the groups like it's part of it isn't it and then the more you get to know everyone the easier it gets yeah 100 percent. so I think maybe that's it um but it's so hard to say I mean looking back I mean I don't even know if it, I, I, I would hope I would ask for help more next time, but mm. it's, yeah, but that, I think that's it. But go easy on yourself as well. It's a big learning curve. Mm. Yeah. It's one of those things you just, you don't, you just can't know it till you're in it, can you? And each yeah, experience exactly. is different as well. And totally, it's, it yeah. really is. Yeah. Every baby's different, every parenting journey is different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've got some fun questions to finish off, some exercise questions. Um, but really cool that we could talk about your routine and um, looking forward to um, you joining Dedicate Um, but these are just some wee fitness questions because we're a fitness podcast so shivers I better throw them in (laughs) we really shouldn't be in the fitness category I mean I don't know what would be in the real probably like similar sort of category as crazy here like it's yeah, people's it's, real um, life stories and yeah like lifestyle and society society and culture yeah yeah but what's are. amazing sorry off topic but someone messaged recently saying that um she was 30 kgs over what she felt comfortable at um and then she's always felt like she has all these challenges and it's only her um and she said by listening to the podcast and hearing people's challenges and how they've overcome them, she realized that everybody has challenges. And so that's mm-hmm. actually kickstarted her fitness journey. So that's really cool. Makes that's me great. happy. Anyway, that's enough about us. Hit or weights? <laughs> oh, um, probably weights. Plank or press ups? God, you're not making it easy. Like, I don't like I don't them both. <laughs> Love it. We'll say, we'll say press ups, I think, even cool. if they're not done well. <laughs> um, would you rather go for a run or a walk? Walk. Love a good walk. Have you got some good walking tracks around where you are in Taranaki? Yeah, well, because I'm on the farm, I usually just walk to either end of the farm or local. Um, I have been meaning to get out with Flynn and do some walking there's some beautiful parks around yeah in new plymouth yeah and the, we're near the beach as well love the beach and they have a really beautiful coastal walkway and a walk with a pram is just key because you've got the child out of the house mm-hmm. it's a win-win okay here's a big one Are you ready burpee or jumping lunge uh, jumping lunge not the burpees no all about oh. the jump yep oh big call i've got to say I'm hoping we're not going to have to do these at some point. Yeah, I was just thinking, geez, I'm not really pitching this dedicate very well, am I? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yoga or Pilates? Pilates, yeah. Okay, is it jandals, is it flip-flops, is it thongs? It's probably thongs. I've only just started saying jandals occasionally and it feels really weird to say it. 
It's like a made up word. <laughs> and well, who says flip flops then? Some Americans, of you guys do. Americans. Americans. Yeah. So yeah, thongs. And interesting. Anyway, we'll we'll move on. Champagne or cocktails? Oh, champagne. Oh, that depends. No, we'll go champagne. Yeah. Would you rather? This is my new question. I've been asking people. Would you rather sing in front of a group or dance in front of a group? Um, sing if it's karaoke. Yeah. Otherwise, probably dance. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Winter or summer? Winter. Yeah. Winter. Oh. I like, cool. yeah, I mean, I come from Queensland where it would get up to 45 degrees. Oh, like true. that's hot. You can, I feel like you can always put one more layer on. You can only yeah. take so many layers off and you're in your birthday suit. Yeah. I see. So when we say winter or summer, you're thinking summer is absolutely scorching and it's horrifically hot. Yeah, it's humid. It's not fun. But yeah, I mean, sense. New Zealand summer is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. not so, not so hot. And when you say winter, is it New Zealand winter or Queensland winter? No New Zealand winter. Yeah. I like coats and boots, fireplaces. I also work yeah. indoors. That's a big thing. Maybe for mm. people who work outdoors, it's not so much fun. Yeah. And you're in the North Island. So um, oh, we I don't agree. Get, I know. Yeah. yeah, like I love winter fashion. And I was just saying before, actually, how at the end of summer, you're sick of summer clothes and you're ready for wearing jeans and coats and mm. stuff. But down here, it's just June, July. It's just, it's so cold. Like, oh. Yeah, anyway. like, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You have to come down have you been down here down this middle of the we south? had a we did we had a trip uh two years ago down to um where Christchurch across to Wanaka yeah cool um and down to Queenstown yeah nice getting all that right yeah it's lovely yeah, cool. loved it yeah nachos or spag bowl nachos yeah yeah would you uh you've already answered this question would you rather stay up late or get up early probably stay up late but yeah I don't know it depends yeah I love getting up early but I think now they're having Flynn it's very hard yes yeah because yeah. I'm up late self-sabotaging yeah yeah <laughs> you're gonna remember this conversation when you try and stay up late tonight oh yeah yeah I'll report back. <laughs> yeah good um what would you rather flip through a magazine or Instagram oh magazine hands down <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dairy farmer, would you rather a dairy farmer or a sheep farmer? Look, after dating a dairy farmer, probably a sheep farmer <laughs> because of the lifestyle. No, I can't say that. I dairy love it. Farmer, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, earrings or necklace? Uh, neck. Oh, earrings, actually. They're, they're a go-to. Yep. Yeah, you can't really go wrong, can you? Yeah. Would you rather win lotto or never have stress? <gasps> Maybe win lotto. Oh, well, that's yeah. a tricky one. No, probably win lotto. I think some stress is okay. Maybe. Cool. Yeah, in context. Yeah. <laughs> Australia or New Zealand? Oh gosh, I better say it. I'm going to say Australia, but I should probably say New Zealand. But both is good. Both is good. Is there it's a just, option? It's just a setup question, really. I'm okay. I'm setting you up to fail with that one. <laughs> <laughs> um north island or south island of new zealand uh you know i love holiday we love holidaying on the south island that's tricky i've been up to golden bays yeah I'm trying to convince tom to move there yeah my sister lives there so it's really lovely hang out. there yeah. were some dairy farms there but yeah yeah they're yeah. on a dairy farm as well yeah beautiful yeah. so i think there's a lot in the south island but north island is actually is also lovely to live yeah, yeah. And, or the, the North Island's home now, isn't it? It's what you know. 
It is. It's home. Yeah. Yeah. Country or city? Country. Yeah. So how often do you get to the city? Do you like spending time in the cities or are you quick to get out? I, I, I love to pop into cities. Yeah. And have staycations there. Like when I used to fly back to Brisbane, uh, through Brisbane, I would stay with my sister who lives there. Cool. Um, I haven't, I don't think I've been to a city in ages except for transiting through when I flew back to Australia. So you don't go up to Auckland much? I haven't been. I've been meaning to. I think I haven't found time time with Lynn and all our holidays that we've taken off have been back to Australia Mm. since we've had Makes sense, yeah. But I do. I've missed missed the city. I like there just for a few days. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? And it makes you appreciate the country as well. Mm, Yeah, I'm definitely a country person. I'm like at heart, yeah. I feel like, um, yes, city you know, I love it. And then I go there and I'm like, where are the car parks? Where are we supposed to park? <laughs> yeah, I, I do find that stressful. I think the thought of driving in cities is very yeah. stressful. So. <laughs> Would you rather go to a barbecue with mates or head out to a nightclub? A barbecue with mates. The sea or mountains? Probably the ocean, the sea. Nice. Yeah. Okay, big question. Last one. Would you rather, this is about the only question that I was like yes I'm so proud of myself for thinking of this so would you rather run out of toothpaste or run out of deodorant <laughs> probably <laughs> probably deodorant to be honest <laughs> I, I, I'd be okay with that seeing as yeah. I live on a farm I probably know what I smell like so that'd be okay yeah you might change your mind once you start start dedicate every morning <laughs> that's true yeah I think I think I need toothpaste more but yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's a good that's a good that's tricky it's a good one isn't it oh well thank you so much Claire so great to finally meet you and get to know you a bit more so yeah thank you for your time yeah thank you so much for having me love the chat yeah Yeah, and we look forward to um hearing more about your routine yeah I'll keep everyone posted that'll be great (laughs) because do you how do you have a page that we can follow you or is it just crazy here uh I do have a Instagram page um I think it's Clary Dunn at Instagram definitely feel free to follow me maybe that will keep me accountable yeah it's a good idea 5 30 tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) let me know (laughs) love it love it love it no you'll get lots of support from the dedicate community anyway beautiful thanks again for your time and yeah we'll catch up soon all right thank you Kate thanks Thank you all so much for listening to the Dedicate podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll enjoy them all. But if you're an Aussie listener especially, check out Kendall White, Losing My Brother to Suicide Led to Creating Blue Tree Project, Amanda Cochran, who's the owner and founder of Grampians Goods Co., Finding Peace After Losing a Child and My Business Baby, Camille McClymont, who's now a Dedicate trainer, My Life, The Remote Aussie Outback, Anorexia and Anxiety, and Sophie Dillman from Home and Away, Body Inclusivity, Are We There Yet? Dedicate is the online trans-Tasman fitness community for mums, rural and regional women and those that don't have time for the gym. Workout for Mental Health started on Monday the 15th of August and if you hurry, it's not too late to join. Or you can get started on your seven-day free trial and choose your own workouts or a do-anytime challenge. You work out alongside our team of fun, relatable and down-to-earth trainers and we have every type of workout you can think of. Mostly 20 minutes so you can fit them into your life. Head to kateivyfitness.com. I'll see you there.